Welcome to this episode of Litigation Briefs, Media Shorts on Law and Courts. I'm Scott Dodson, a distinguished professor of law at UC Hastings College of the Law and the director of the Center for Litigation and Courts, which produces this series. Disparaging lawyer jokes have been around since there were lawyers. Few specialties within the practice of law, though, generate more disparagement than personal injury lawyers, from claims of ambulance chasers preying on the vulnerable to make a quick buck, to the charge that such lawyers manufacture cases to blackmail defendants into settlement. Are personal injury lawyers really deserving of such scorn? Here to offer the personal injury lawyer's perspective is my guest, Scott Righthand, the owner and founder of Righthand Law, a firm that represents injured plaintiffs. Scott, welcome to the show. Good morning, Scott. Thanks for having me. Scott, tell me a bit about what you do and whom you represent in your practice. So what we do is we represent people who are ordinary folks who otherwise would not be able to afford counsel and would not you know, ever be able to retain lawyers typically. Um, these are people who have suffered serious or catastrophic injuries um, or otherwise been emotionally or physically devastated. It, it could include car, car collisions, motorcycle collisions. It could, could include product liability cases. Uh, product failures that might be vehicle or could be, you know, other things like lithium ion battery fires, et cetera. So we also do a little bit of malpractice. What do you, what do you offer these particular clients? So the wonderful thing about this business is, and, and I guess the wonderful thing about our judicial system is it gives people who feel that they've been wronged a, a, a forum within which to um, vent their ideas and um, and their criticisms and um, you know and and right their wrongs and so what we offer them is um, it, what we offer them is the ability to access the court system and the ability to um, and to right that wrong and that's really what we do. Um, some of these people may not be able to work. They may not be able to walk again. They now look at their future and have no idea um, how they're going to move the ball forward. And oftentimes, none of this is their fault. So what we have here is a system that allows the recourse for these people. And we are right in the middle of that system. So we are their spokesperson. We, de we develop the information that is presented to us through their case, and we're the ones who present that at trial if need be or throughout the course of their case, um, whether it comes to trial or whether it doesn't. We can't offer their livelihoods back, but we can make those who harm them compensate them, and this we call money justice. It's really the only way that these people can receive some compensation some recompense and, and some way to, to um, get them back on track in their lives. Let's put some details on that. Can you describe a recent case of what happened, what you did, and what the result was? Of course. Um, so there are a couple of things that we've done recently. One example is we did a um, 
catastrophic, really catastrophic injury case that involved a lithium-ion battery fire that took place at night in a motorhome, and it was um, a a lithium-ion battery that was a piece of a laptop computer that one of the children in the motorhome had had been working. Uh, And so everybody went to bed. The computer's were still plugged in. Um, one of the things about lithium-ion batteries is they're very volatile, and you you know you really never know what might set one off. And one of these batteries caught on fire in the middle of the night, burned the motorhome to the ground. Two people died in that fire of the four that were there. One of the children was seriously burned, and we were able to. Obviously, we you know we couldn't bring the lives back of those people that died, but we were able to to make you know to allow life to go on for the woman who survived it and her two year old who was badly burned. So um, we were able to bring actions against manufacturer of the of the batteries. We we're able to bring actions against the motorhome manufacturer for um, escapability problems. There was only one exit to that motorhome. So uh, that family was completely devastated and, and was regardless of what we did, but we were able to um, we we're, were able to provide recompense and and um, resolution for these people so that the child would be taken care of for the rest of his life and uh, th- this woman could start over again and have a financial basis to do that. We, we, another case we just finished, we just finished a, a wrongful death case in a, a malpractice genre against Kaiser. Um, we're still waiting for the result on that case. Uh, a very, a relatively young man, I say very young, 54-year-old man who is a, uh, had been a professional tennis player, um, a pretty well-known guy. His name actually is Ken Flack. Many people might know who he is. He was a uh, two-time Wimbledon doubles winner, two-time United States Open winner, um, Olympic gold medalist in in in, in doubles. Um, he wound up getting the flu. This is before COVID. He wound up getting the flu and uh, became septic. and And Kaiser had some processes in place that, um, unfortunately, did not um, timely. Uh, allow people who are seriously um, ill or sick to get seen in a timely manner, and um, it took him, it, it took Kaiser a day to get to see this man. By the time he got in, he was seriously um, in septic shock, and there was nothing they could do to help him. Really, though, they tried at that point, but it was way too late. So we we're still waiting the decision on that case. Hopefully. We're we're going to um, provide a little justice to the widow, so we'll see. How do, you, how do you find these clients? Do you do you really chase ambulances? Do you hang out at hospitals? Do you stop on the highway to hand out your card at the scene of an accident? Well, of of course you know the answer to that, Scott. It's uh, that's not what I do, um, it, and this is having been in this business more than forty years. There's no need for me to do any of that. My, you're not going to see my picture on the back of some bus, although you do see pictures of personal injury lawyers on the back of buses, and you see their pictures on the and and their their ads you know, everywhere and anywhere on every billboard and and, and all that. So, you know, lawyer advertising to me, um, it's not something that 
I, I need to do and it's not something largely that I do. The biggest advertisement I have is my website, um, which just essentially tells people, um, you know, what I do. Most of, my, most of my cases come from lawyers who don't do what I do, who've known me over the years, who, 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 who know the good work that I do, or from the clients that I've worked with who refer uh, other clients or other potential injury clients that they talk to to me. That, that's really where my cases come from. Who pays for your services? Do the clients pay and how do they pay? So everything that we do is contingent fee work. What that means is that we don't get paid unless or until we resolve the case. So we either do good work and get paid or the case fails and we don't get paid, but neither does the client. Um, but whether or not we, it, one of the great things about this, one of the things I love about the business is that we don't have to send bills out every, you know, day, week, month. We don't have to go after the clients who, you know, can't afford to pay us to to pay lawyers fees bills. So none of that happens. We either do the work and, and we get paid for it and we get paid very well or um, it, it doesn't work out. Uh, and so fortunately, in my experience, um, I'd say 95% of the cases that we choose to do uh, work out well, whether by settlement or verdict. Let's talk about the uh, perceptions. What are, what are the perceptions of personal injury lawyers? Well, I, you know, I've lived with this for for so many years. Uh, it, it was really the first thing that you know was the biggest barrier for me to get into this area because you know it's hard when you tell people what you do and the first thing they say is, "Oh, you chase ambulances," or um, or you know, you file frivolous lawsuits or whatever, but those perceptions are um, really put forth largely by industry people, such as, you know, the California Medical Board or um, other insurance industry people who really have all the money in the world and can... Um, put that out there uh, repeatedly in, in advertisements to the, the public and and people just repeat it without really any basis for it. And it's, it's you know, essentially it's difficult to live with, but, you know, you have to believe in what you're doing and know that what you're doing is the right thing and understand that without lawyers like me and lawyers that do what's necessary to be done for people who can't afford to do it, that playing field, there is no playing field. You know, you're, the insurance companies and, and big industry, big pharma, the, you know, auto industry, all these people that have products that fail or um, the Kaisers of the world that really are so huge that, you know, so they lose a patient or so one of their patients is, you know, becomes a quadriplegic or, you know, that's the cost of doing business to them. So while it's not the cost of doing business to me, and the wonderful thing about what, what we do is that we can level these playing fields, even against the biggest corporations and the biggest HMOs in the world. So um, I love what I do. Um, it's a pity that, you know, I have to live with those lawyer jokes and with, um, you know, people saying what they say. But people always say what they say about whatever they, you know, want to say. Just get on social media and you'll see. Just, you know, we've all lived through, um, you know, years now of 
everybody in the world getting on, you know, having having some forum to say what's on their mind. And so if if I listen to all that, then there are, are hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've represented who uh, have their lives back that would never have had their lives back. So, you know, it is what it is. Some might say that the the problem isn't suing for, you know, real mistakes where there's been a legitimate claim. The problem is personal injury attorneys convincing their clients that there's been a mistake when there hasn't been one. How would you respond to that? So if you just take a second to think about that suggestion, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, As I said earlier in in this conversation, I don't get paid unless or until the cases resolve. And if I am working with cases that have no merit and have no value, then my client's not going to get paid. I'm not going to get paid. It costs a lot of money to do these cases. There, you have to retain experts. You have to pay for depositions. You have to pay for staff. You have to, you know, this business is not an inexpensive business. So if I'm working on cases that are not meritorious and I don't get paid, then the whole, and everybody's like that, the whole system crashes and burns. Nobody gets paid. The client doesn't get paid. Um, the system doesn't work. And, um, and the whole thing becomes completely futile. So uh, that's not the model. The model is you, you find cases that are meritorious. There are plenty of them out there. You, you only take the cases that are, you only represent the people that deserve to be represented and are, are seriously injured and that you can, you think that you can, you know, put back and, and, and bring them, you know, kind of make them reasonably whole. Although many people, because they're physically injured, will never be physically whole. But um, if, you, if you take frivolous lawsuits or if you try to litigate frivolous lawsuits, you're going to crash and burn. There's just no other way around it. And you know, the people that survive in this industry, especially those as long as I have, don't do it because because taking frivolous lawsuits will won't do anything for your clients, won't do anything for you, won't do anything for the system. I'm going to ask you one more question. What's the most fulfilling thing about the uh, cases that you take and the clients that you represent? So really it's the thank you note at the end of the case Um, the most fulfilling thing to me is successfully working my tail off to, to to make this case what it is to bring every single fact forward in it to show the 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 defense lawyer the jury whoever it is um, the arbitrator exactly what happened here and why the client is a worthy client, why the, why the case is a worthy case, why the injury is as substantial as it is. Um, that's my job, to bring all that to the forefront. And when I do that, and at the end of the day, the client says, my God, I had no idea what it is that you people did when I got hurt, when we started this. And I am so grateful for all that you've done for me. And I get that thank you note. That's what it's all about. Scott, thanks so much for being on the show and for explaining personal injury lawyering. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure. 
This episode was produced by the Center for Litigation and Courts at UC Hastings College of the Law. If you enjoyed this episode of Litigation Briefs, I hope you'll tune in to future episodes. In fact, I hope you'll consider subscribing to our YouTube channel and audio podcast, which can be accessed through the Center for Litigation and Courts website at sites.ucastings.edu slash CLC. While you're at it, encourage a friend to do the same. This is Litigation Briefs, respectfully submitted, Scott Dodson.